Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Say what you want about the man, but our guy Dan Snyder was spitting back in January. Happy Thanksgiving. That is the best way to put it. Welcome to the Burning Network Podcast. I'm Josh Taylor, joined by our returning co-host from Disney World, bringing all of his good luck back to us, Brian Murphy and Adam and Neva on the show to break down this victory pod. Gentlemen, welcome. Enjoy the victory. How are y'all feeling? Woo! Thanksgiving, baby. indeed. Man, what a win. I, I mean, I thought that Washington could pull this game out. I know we didn't get to talk much this week, but I, I thought they could pull it out, but never in my wildest dreams. I think they'd put a beat down, put up a 40-burger. I mean, what what a night. <laughs> the 40-burger. Me and Adam talked about it on the previous show, like our predictions we talked about during the game. I thought I was going to have it. I said like 27, <laughs> 17 or something like that. And then they just put the foot on the gas. And I told him, I was like, hey, I'm, I'm fine with it. <laughs> Forget the prediction. Put, put your uh, foot on their throats and go at it. I wanted to call this the uh, Gibson show because that's what it seemed like. And we'll yes, definitely sir. be talking about that. But starting out the game, uh, before the game started, a little bit we'll talk about um, with Alex Smith. That came out like right before the game saying that that Washington might want to keep him and return him for 2021. I wanted to get your thoughts on that real quick before we dive into this game. Brian, did you see those reports come out, and what do you think of it? Yeah, I did, and uh, I thought it was interesting. I think it's just good timing. I think Alex Smith's rounding into form and looking really good. And, you know, more than just being a, a great story, he's playing good football. I mean, other than the, the, the one bad throw, the interception tonight, I mean, he just played great football again tonight and I mean he looks maybe as good as he has in in a long time not I mean before the injury I mean just he's looked so good so I understand wanting to have him around uh you know moving into next year but I I would still be shocked if they don't bring in a, a young quarterback through the draft or you know whatever it is I'd be shocked if he is the starter for the future I should say I think yeah. he'll, he'll start games next year probably but uh, if he's your long-term answer, that's bad news. But I don't mind having him around as a, a bridge-type quarterback. Yeah, that's what I was saying, too. Like, as long as we bring in another quarterback, and they're not just like, okay, we're just going to completely abandon getting a new quarterback this season and stick with him. If he's our quote-unquote bridge quarterback, cool. If he's our Fitzpatrick, you know, we draft our Tua, so to say, then awesome. I'm down right. with that. Adam, I know we've been talking about drafting quarterbacks. How did you react when you saw that? And, you know, I, I said this game would be big, and I still think the Pittsburgh is, game is still going to be the biggest game of the year for Alex Smith as far as solidifying himself as a bridge going forward. But I, I've seen enough as far as the game manager that I needed to see from him that he can be that guy. I also saw when he got wiped up on the sideline and who was the first one to run up and help him up. Right. That, that was the way yep. Haskins. Um, so I like seeing that a lot. Um, 
I just I want to believe this narrative that we're going to develop Haskins and, you know, maybe he'll, you know, be the guy. I'm just not seeing it. So I still think that, you know, if they're picking in the top 10 and you have quarterbacks like, you know, Zach Wilson, Fields, uh, Trey Lance, there's just a bunch of guys. And it's so early on. I think it'll be hard for Ron Rivera to pass that up, considering that none of these are his guys. And I think that every coach is so shown when he comes into a new situation, when he's building, he wants to have his quarterback. And I think Alex Smith is his quarterback, but not for long. This is just a bridge situation. And in the short time he's here, I think he's probably seen enough from Dwayne Haskins. So I think the rest of this year is going to be really interesting for development, um, especially at the offensive skill positions. Because right now, Terry McLaurin is your guy. Gibson is starting to really break out. Um, somebody else needs to step up, but I think right now, you know, they're heading on the right track as crazy as it sounds to win the NFC East. Exactly. And this came out right before the game. Was this any kind of motivation? You know, was that like belief in the team coming out? It might've been because it definitely carried over into the game. Starting out, Dallas came out hot, both sides of the ball. Offense was moving down the field. It had kind of had that like, uh Oh, vibe to it. This is that Dallas team has been playing so well lately. And then on defense, they were getting to Alex Smith. Gregory was making some plays. Like It just seemed like they were finally clicking. Uh, a whole lot different than the last game when they just completely got rid of everybody after the, uh, after we beat them. So I was really surprised at how well they came out. But we'll get into it. Didn't last long. Right after that, Washington had two really good drives to start the game. Uh, the second and third drive went almost seven minutes, which we very rarely ever do. Two really long drives, um, ended with a Gibson touchdown and a field goal. Um, but there's two things on those drives I want to talk about. Logan Thomas, the deep pass Ooh. to Terry McLaurin, former quarterback at Tech. We've talked about it before. Brian, I want your opinions on that. How beautiful was that play call and that, that dart he threw to Terry? Yeah, I mean, I think we were wondering when Logan Thomas was going to throw a pass. I think we've seen him lined up as the kind of wildcat uh, from time to time. So, what a perfect call there. What a perfect opportunity to kind of get jumpstart you there. And uh, I love seeing it, and I hope that they work it in a couple of different times. And then uh, a big uh, conversion on the, the wildcat. It looked like some sort of a read option type play and made the right read, and all six foot five of them leaned forward to get the yard or two. I can't remember the exact situation, but, yeah, just I, I really liked it, and I really lo- uh, I love what we've seen from Logan Thomas. I think everybody was critical or there were people critical expecting him to be a tight end one. But I think down the line, he'll be a real solid tight end two, and he's really uh, putting up some good numbers and making some clutch plays when, when they need him to. So, yeah, Logan Thomas, a huge game. You know, it's going to be overshadowed by Antonio Gibson and what the defense did, but really big stuff from Logan Thomas tonight. Yeah, 100%. I feel like this was a game where he showed that he could be a red zone threat too. I'm sure we'll talk about that touchdown. But Adam... That little fumble ruski esque play in a McKissick. Uh, someone actually found it on Twitter. Ron Rivera called that exact play in 2011 with the Panthers against the oh, Texans. Wow. I think it went for a touchdown, too. Um, this one had a little bit different outcome. Still a nice pickup, but just something we completely didn't expect. Even uh, Aikman and Buck had no idea what was going on. They had to rewatch the play to see who even had the football to start off. But Adam, are you loving these trick plays coming out, and do you have more confidence in Scott Turner now after this game? I'm fine. We finally saw what Scott Turner can do, and I think he's really been too scared. He's his play calling has been too hesitant, and we've seen it. 
Um, what he's doing with Logan Thomas, I think that anybody who followed him at Virginia Tech was waiting for this. Like, why is it past the midway season? We're not seeing more of this. But yeah. he just made the perfect point. Um, now, I really think I'm excited because I think he's solidifying himself as that uh, tight end, too. But he's that flex. He's that option guy yeah. who can you know be in the Wildcat. So me, the first thing that I started thinking after this game is, man, if we get a tight end one, I think, you know, we talk about receivers and we talk about how much help we could get on that, you know, uh, next to McLaurin. But I think we have enough right there that if you can add a real, you know, a stud tight end, like, you know, the Florida kid, everyone's talking about pits. You know, we're talking about quarterbacks and stuff, but he's a guy I've been watching Trask a lot. So, you know, and I'm seeing pits just keep flashing on film. And I just keep having these thoughts of, man, him and Thomas in this offense with uh, Turner, I think Turner, that's what he's missing. I'm starting to see more and more. I think he can work with the second, third tier kind of receivers and as long as he has that McLaurin type, but he needs to have those tight ends. You know, they weren't great in Carolina, but Ian Thomas, Olsen, they were enough to do what he wanted to do. And I'm starting to see it come out now, and I think it has a lot to do with how comfortable he is with the tight ends, and it's showing. You know, just the different lineups he's watching. You know, we're seeing the undrafted kid get some time, too, you know, bringing him back in I formation and the fullback, and then they're moving around number 88. So I like what I'm seeing. Um, but the innovation, that has me excited, uh, you know, for going forward because I think this is what we all expected to see. Yeah, with the Eric Coriel offense, you really want that vertical threat. You want a true receiving threat. I think that's why we really wanted, like, Adam Troutman uh, back in yeah. the draft time. We were talking about some of those guys. We don't have that on the team right now. Obviously, Logan Thomas isn't going to burn you deep. <laughs> He's going to still be that 10-yard, right. um, you know, maybe – Third and third and mid, third and like ten ish, he can pick up the first down or a red zone threat because of how big he is. Um, but yeah, we're missing that tight end. That's definitely going to be on the top of the list, whether it's free agency or in the draft. But Dallas's first big mistake of the game, first of many, McCarthy must not want a job. <laughs> he, <laughs> he must want out of Dallas. Dallas's first mistake, fourth and one at the Dallas thirty-four in a tied game, ten ten. Don't convert. Washington gets the ball, turns into a three-minute drive that ends with a touchdown pass to Logan Thomas. Brian, what in the world was he thinking for the first mistake? And it somehow gets worse. How do you go for it on your own 34 in a tied game when it's close to halftime? Yeah, I get one to be aggressive, and I guess you're thinking, you know, uh, let me pound it up the middle. Let me try to get it with uh, the running back. But they didn't even do that there. That was the incompletion. Is yeah. that right? Is that the right play I I'm thinking yeah. of? Yeah, uh, and so uh, just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I, you know, and that kind of goes for the rest of the game. I'll know. We'll, I know we'll get into the rest of it, but just kind of some weird play calling and decision making from Mike McCarthy. You do. I mean, jokingly, it does seem like he wants to get fired, but honestly, I'm thinking like, what is he doing right here? And you're right. That's a that's a weird way to start it. Like you said, ten ten, punt the ball away, let your defense play a little bit, but just just odd odd decision making all game long yeah Washington goes up 17-10 then Dallas goes on to kick a field and make it 17-13 at halftime really close game had that feel of like it's still anyone's game I didn't feel like anyone had momentum I feel like we had some at the end there because of that mistake Uh, but coming out second half you know Zeke I don't know what's going on with him not the same guy you're paying him what 17 mil a year I believe it is fumbles it didn't even look like anyone hit him it just looked like it just falls <laughs> yeah, out of his hand 
Deron Payne looked like he was going to touch him to make sure he was down, and that was enough to, to pop it out. Really <laughs> watch the slow-mo. It's crazy. His his vibes just fumbled the That's ball. Right. No contact fumble. Put it in the stats for Deron Payne. Uh, but Jonathan Allen, big play, just rolling over like that. Looked like he was swimming on the ground. Got the ball back. That was a big momentum play right there that we took over. How did you think of this D-line, Adam, up to this point and the impact they had causing turnovers like this lately in the season? Well, we talked about it. You know, we wanted to see the young guys. We wanted to see the guys mixed up. We saw Settle. We saw James Smith Williams dropping in coverage. You know, we saw Hudson making plays on the fake punt. So we're seeing the young guys, especially up front right now. And Settle, I think he's starting to pick up the pace. And I think we're oh, really yeah. seeing a guy – they could be, you know, one of the stars for us. They're going to have that dilemma is who's going to go because I think when Ioannidis comes back, it doesn't matter how good this team does. We all know that he's the best lineman on this team. So I think it's really going to be interesting, the riches that they're going to have in this offseason. They're going to have a lot of great, you know, a lot of decisions to make because I think you can't pay everybody. You have to upgrade other positions. But for right now, this defense, we're talking about creating a culture. And I think Chase Young, it's everything is rubbing off in him. I'm not going to, I'm not hype about the first round. It's just be honest. If you look how he plays, you listen to how everyone is, how he is on social media, he's the most positive guy, even when he loses. Man, this guy is single handedly rising this team right now as far as the defensive uh, unit goes because they're just playing off his fire, especially since last week that hit on Burrow caused the fumble. I feel like they haven't lost it, and they've been playing on that high since then. So, you know, we'll see. Are they going to be able to carry it or not? But I I like what I saw a lot. Yeah, and Chase, one of the things that I love about Chase Young is every time they show him, he seems to be pumping up the offense. I mean, obviously the defense, but then he's (laughs) also – you know, yelling about a, a guy jumping off sides against the offense. And he, he seems to always be right there, like Adam was saying. He's always right around Ron Rivera. It's like he's trying to soak up all that he can to become better and then pass that along. And so you're, you're right. He's just the energy he brings, the the uh, uh, the accountability he brings is unreal, especially for a guy playing in what is 10th, 11th career game. It's It's unbelievable. He's the official team hype man, whether he's on the field or not. Like you said, every time they show him off the field, even when Ron was fighting that one flag, he he came out on the field a little bit too flexing. Like, yeah, call it both ways. Like, if, if you're going to let them be offsides and let me be offsides next time, I can do that too kind of thing. So I agree with you. I love the energy he brings. Um, but after that, Alex Smith, his only real mistake of the game, I hate these little fadeaway throws, this kind of uh. like, I have to throw this. It's like... I want it. I see where it's supposed to go. Does it look good? No, but I kind of have to. That's that. I don't want to call it stupid interception, but it's that's about as ugly it as it play. gets. It was bad. It was really bad. Yeah. It was bad. But Terry McLaurin. Yeah. Probably the biggest game changer. This right here could have totally yeah. put the game off into the Cowboys' hands. DK Metcalf esque chase down, got the tackle, saved the touchdown. What we talk about how good Terry is, what can't this man do? Brian, how impressed are you with the captain? Yeah, I mean, he's unbelievable, man. And just watching it back, it's one thing to go after the guy, but the fact that he gets pushed a little bit by Vander Esch, a lot of guys would probably quit on it. They would think, you know what, I got I got knocked off my straight line. Let me just pull up. Let me save my energy for when we come right back out on the field. But he didn't. He, he got faster somehow and was able to track down Smith. And, uh, yeah, that was a huge swing. I think 
uh, Dallas would have tied it up there, or, or I believe they would have tied it up there. Yeah, anyway, it's just yeah, it's just a unbelievable swing in momentum, and uh, I, you just can't say enough about Terry McLaurin. I can't remember who I who it was. I saw on Twitter that every, they said every week Terry McLaurin makes an unbelievable play outside of the receiver position. Yeah. Just he just his smarts, Locking, his tackling. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's just just he does everything right and I just love watching him play football and you know, I, you know, watching the game with my family. I, I was pointing out I was like this guy's only in his second year and he plays like he's a 10-year vet. It's just so unbelievable to watch and you know, for I don't know where this season's going to go. Four and seven is still really, really bad. But the fact that we're getting to see Terry McLaurin and Antonio Gibson and Chase Young and all these young guys just kind of grow up and, and, and play above, you know, how old they are, it's just really awesome to see. And you're right, it starts with the captain. It starts with, I've been calling him Agent T, but Terry <laughs> McLaurin, he's, he's a real dude. I got a friend, he's like he's like five two, looks just like Terry. I call him Tiny Terry. So uh, <laughs> he's he's got a Terry jersey. Uh, but he's definitely one of the fan favorites. And like you said, every week he's making the big play. And it's not even just receiving. The Logan Thomas pass was perfect, but it takes a dang good receiver to get up and get that, and that's just what he does week in and week out. Adam, the biggest boneheaded play call on fourth down in Thanksgiving history, probably in Dallas history. Now I want to bring up something that's going to, it's good for me and Adam, but Brian being in Georgia, you might not like it. Fourth and 11, the Justin (laughs) Fields fake punt. Which one is worse? This or the Kirby smart boneheaded play call? Oh man. I think this probably is worse to be honest with you. I think it has to be worse because it just, it was like slow motion, the whole thing breaking down. Like, usually when you see a fake punt, you're like, oh, my God, as a fan, you're like, oh, my God, it's going to happen. But from the get-go, you knew that was not going anywhere. And then when it was just sniffed out, it was like, nice play. But it was, I don't know what they were thinking because it was just so badly run, everything about it from top to bottom. So definitely uh, this one was worse for sure. At the 24. Yeah, that, yeah, it was horrible. Like, yeah, what I, in the game said, we can pick this up? Well, and you're also, you just forced a punt. You're only down by four points. Why don't you try to flip the field with a nice, I mean, yeah, just, it made zero sense uh, on so many different levels. And it was a great uh, great play by Khalid Hudson, your guy, Adam, that you've been uh, raving about, saying you want to see more of, made his first big play because he could have easily just bid on the fake and they could have made something on the outside. So big ups to him. My favorite play of the game, the Gibson Wave touchdowns, what yeah. I call it. Second on the day, Washington goes up 27-16. Adam, we talked about Gibson in the pregame show. We said this is this is his chance. Him and Chase Young, this is like their stage to rise up. How disrespectful on a scale of 1 to 10 is it to wave at your opponent at the five-yard line when you're about to just stroll into the end zone? I don't care who you ask. The rivalry is back on from that. I, I think <laughs> that 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 move right there the that, that's going to piss off some Dallas fans for a while. That's going to come back, you know, because Dak comes back next year. I, I'll give it to them. You know, I don't think there's quite as far as away as a lot of people think. I just think the coaching is just real bad. Like Ron Rivera, we question McCarthy is far worse. He, he is just he's just beyond bad. But man, Gibson, he's just really. 
you're seeing that confidence level just, and it's like exactly what we saw at Memphis when he was breaking those big ones. Like we're still waiting. We thought he was going to have that big one. He didn't break it, but instead he just had three touchdowns instead. So yeah. I think in the end, he's just going to start to get that, you know, confidence going. And I think right now there's going to be, you know, some love for, you know, uh, the chargers for their quarterback for rookie of the year. But I think, the, the, the nation needs to start recognizing Gibson as the, you know, a candidate for offensive rookie of the year, in my opinion, because was, I think, five straight games, touchdowns, three in this. Uh, I think he broke, uh, tied Randy Moss's record, 1998, for the most touchdowns scored on Thanksgiving. So, AG, man, just keep it up because you're doing what we all thought you would do. Yeah, I think he's like fourth right now in the race. I think I saw like the betting odds for offensive rookie of the year. That was before the game, so right. who knows where he's, he's got, at he's now. He's got to just keep it up. He can't just be like Mitch. He has to score every game and then have more games. Like this. We're talking about for a running back to overtake you know, a, a top-10 quarterback. It's not unlikely, but like I said, look what, what happened with COVID. Uh, Jackson has COVID-19. He's out. The whole so team, all, dude. All it takes, you know, next thing we know, we're joking here with Washington fans. Or, next thing you know, you could have Pat Mahomes. You could have all these guys that start to have COVID. Next thing you know, Washington's in the playoffs start making a noise. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but I'm just <laughs> so saying at least we're at least we're going into December with the possibility of that. So um, I'm I'm happy, you know, being in Dallas sweeping them is nothing better, especially on Thanksgiving. Absolutely, and if if the wave touchdown wasn't enough, he had an encore soon after as a 10 play, 76 uh, yard drive that lasted almost six minutes. The 37 yard touchdown for Gibson, his third and final of the day. Brian, one of the most impressive plays I saw today. Andy Dalton got pick six by Montez Sweat. Oh, that that wingspan and his athleticism. How unfair is it to, to be a human being with those long of arms to be able to go up and get that ball? Just being that long, that fast, that strong. I mean, it's just it speaks to just kind of the freaks they have on that defensive line. Those guys all showed up. I mean. Uh, Payne forced the fumble. Allen picked it up. I mean, Chase Young had a sack. Tim Settle had a sack. And then, of course, Montez Sweat couldn't be outdone. He he picked six it. And you're right, man. What a play. I looked away. I, I took a breather after the uh, the the last Gibson touchdown. And, and then I look right up and, and Sweat's running in the end zone. I'm like, how did that even happen? I mean, it's just un, <laughs> unreal. It was just like the perfect storm. And uh, yeah, so awesome. And I think going back to how much Chase Young has impacted this team, I mean, it's not just one guy, but I think Chase Young pretty single-handedly is is helping Montez Sweat turn the corner and, and fi- have an awesome sophomore season. Not to take away from the work that he's done, but you got to think that they're always trying to find number 99 out there, and that leaves a guy like a, a freak out there in, in Montez Sweat, number 90, able to do uh, some ridiculous things, and we saw it tonight with that that pick six yeah that's the best way to end the game in my opinion just completely sucked that little bit of energy and hope they had left in them just completely take that away snatched Stomp it up on them. exactly yep. i love defensive touchdowns especially being an alabama fan something we're used to so what are they not non-offensive touchdowns yeah not <laughs> but washington gets its second ever win versus dallas on thanksgiving second ever Moved to two and nine all time. First forty point game since Christmas Eve twenty sixteen. How insane is that? We haven't scored forty points since twenty sixteen when the Chiefs do that on their bye week. 
It's third and long. The quarterback's got to shave some yards off here to have any chance to score. Let's see what he does. He drops back. He has a guy downfield, but he doesn't see him. He tries to hand the ball off to a cheap razor. Boom! He's nicked in the sack. It's a fumble, and the ball is going the other way. That one's going to hurt for a while. What in the world was he thinking? Let's go to the monitors and see exactly what went wrong. You know, this offseason, his coaches at Manscaped enhanced the lawnmower 3.0 offense to a whopping 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. They gave him all the chances he had to get that safe, clean cut up the sideline with the cutting edge ceramic blade, but instead he got nicked on the sack by a rusty defense. If he would have used the LED light that comes with the 3.0, there is no doubt he would have been able to see his playing field much better. Looks like he's going to be going over to the sideline with his Manscaped coaches, grab the tablet, see what went wrong, and if he's smart, he's going to go over to manscaped.com and use the code BNP20 to save 20% off his entire cart with free shipping. That's right. Use code BNP20 to save 20% off your entire cart with free shipping. Don't keep making the same mistakes and give your balls a clean pocket next time. And there's no doubt the result will be a touchdown. I how, think I just saw a stat. Some, I thought I saw a stat somewhere. This is the most lopsided Thanksgiving loss ever for Dallas. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't fact check it, of course, but I heard it was the most lopsided ever for them because they were talking about, uh, like, they need to reconsider Dallas being on Thanksgiving every year, especially Detroit. They need to start thinking about that next year. But this right here, they think that's cemented the call that they need to schedule. They need to think next year. Start bringing some of the teams because Redskins just, uh, excuse me, Washington football team just embarrassed them so in their own house. So I, I love it. I will say I wonder what the over under was on saying Redskins today because Drakeman, oh. Joe Buck, and Michael Strahan yeah. surely hit the over. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's difficult, man. You know, you know, we're in our own house. We're not saying Washington football team. Yeah. You know, we're all trying to be do the right thing or anything like this. But with my kids. We're singing the we're we're singing the hail song. We're doing that after every touchdown. You know they're in the other room. They hear we score. You know so it's going to take time. But you know in the end, if they continue to win, is it going to really matter? Because like I said earlier, that they're pretty content on leaving it the way there is. And if they do good, we all said if they can make the playoffs with the Washington football team as their name, it's probably going to be here to stay. Yeah, but we'll see. As long as we're winning, I don't. I'm not that fan. That's like live or die. I, I don't. Yeah. Right. Well, I think we we're past that. I think when they when they retired the name, I think we're past. Some people really just can't move on, but yeah. I think uh, they've moved on. I think Ron Rivera has really come in, and we've been critical of some of the things he's done, but just the work that he's put in, all the adversity he's dealt with. This is to come in your first year as a Washington coach and go two and zero against Dallas. To me, that's huge. But regardless of what happens for the rest of the season. Yeah, regardless what you call us, we're currently first in the NFC East. <laughs> the four wins, unbelievable. And if the Eagles play Seattle on Monday, if they lose, we're pretty much good to go. All we got to do is beat the Eagles on Week 17, and we win the NFC East. Um, but if they win on Monday, they are right back in first. Uh, but it's it's coming down to the wire, like you said, December. We're playing meaningful football. Uh, but crazy. just recap some stats. We talked about how much the D-line ate. Jonathan Allen with the fumble recovery. Chase Young. One thing that stood out with Chase today was his run defense. I mean, we talked about Zeke and how bad he was. 10 carries for 32 yards, one fumble, no touchdowns. They didn't feed him too well today, apparently. 
But his run defense, getting off the blocks and just filling that hole in, we talk about his, his pass rushing ability, but people forget how good of a run defender Chase Young is. You know, we mentioned Ionitis and Payne and Allen getting off their blocks. But how how good is that to have a guy who can pass rush like yeah. that, Brian, and then also defend the run the way that he does? How impressive have you been with that? Yeah, it, it, that's one thing that I think, like you said, has been under the radar how good he is. We saw him make... Uh, a couple of plays against the run uh, against the Bengals on the on the goal line stand, and then uh, you know again today just making plays in the backfield. I think he had two or three tackles for loss, two, two yeah. tackles for loss. Yeah, and um, yeah, you're right. Just the way that he's able to shed a guy and just get in the perfect position to to wrap a guy up. Um, and and another guy who I, I don't know his wingspan, but it just seems like he just kind of. It just stonewalls guys with those huge arms. Like he's just kind of waiting for him to wrap him up. And um, I think we saw he he got held on a on a play where he probably would have made a a stop on another run play. But you're right. He's he's yeah. He's always just kind of shedding the guy and and ready to 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 be in position to to affect the play. And it's it's awesome to see. So um, those are the things that 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 won't show up in the stat sheet. I mean, obviously tackles for loss do, but being able to stuff your your gap and, and move your guy out of the way and, and be there to affect the ball carrier is huge. And it's why it's in, insane to ever call this man a bust. And uh, that's just absurd. And he's, he's proven week in week out that he is anything but a bust. Yeah. The only thing he's busting is into your backfield. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. Taking one or two or three guys with him as well. Yeah. Uh, two guys that, that we haven't talked about yet that I think we should talk about. Ronald Darby had a rough start. Amari Cooper did eat a little bit tonight, uh, finished six catches, 112 yards, and a touchdown. He settled in, though. Were you surprised, Adam, at how much they really picked on him with Cooper? Did you think that was a mismatch going into the game, or do you think they kind of just caught Darby with some bad coverage throughout the game? Um, I think it's probably a little bit of both, but I think they just caught him flat-footed. And I think they were just looking at Moreland. And it wasn't like Moreland just had that standout game. But I think I was just watching back a little bit before the show. And Moreland was definitely um, on his game as far as, you know, continue moving. I did see a couple times where Darby was flat-footed. So I think once they saw that a few times, they just started to exploit it and attack him. I don't think they came into this game thinking who they're going to attack. Because I'll be honest with you, none of these DBs are really standing out, better, you know, besides Fuller. And I think they tried not to go Fuller's way as much as possible. Um, but I think that Darby, what I said in the beginning of the year is if Darby can stay healthy, he's going to be good. And so far he has. So he's had a little bit of up and down performances. You know, he dropped that interception, that easy interception in the end zone uh, against Cincinnati. But right now his play is elevated enough for them to, to make a legitimate um, run at the NFC East, even though, like you said, it doesn't really take much more right now, but um I don't know. I don't think it's crazy to think the way the offensive line is playing. I think they finally found a combination that's kind of working for them. That, you know, if we go against a powerhouse team like Pittsburgh, you know, can they utilize the quick game? Can they utilize things to keep them off balance? Because I think they're seeing what other teams did against them and they're adjusting. I saw today they sat a little bit much, too much in zone. Um, even though it was zone, they started pressing their man a little bit. They still moving because they're still giving up some of the highest rate as far as yards per play um, cushion uh, pre snap. So they got to fix that. But what I really like today is Cole Holcomb was back. Yeah. He's an underrated guy. He was everywhere. Ten tackles, six solos, half sack. And I think that he's not a streaky guy. 
he's just going to, like I said, Young is bringing these guys up to the occasion. I think Holcomb and Sweat are going to play off him probably more than anybody else on the team. So just to see all these guys come together, you know, I think the kind of mistakes that we've seen in the past, we the Washington actually took advantage of them today. So I'm just happy. I saw three situations where the ref tried to screw them out of it as far as spots, as far as fumbles, non-fumbles. So I think today was the game that Ron Rivera was aggressive. But uh, finally, I think we saw what this team can do if they can establish the run because Alex Smith is not going to win games throwing 35, 40 passes a game. It's going to be where he is, 150, 200 yards, 20 attempts or less. The run game has got to keep this game going. And like we mentioned before, you know, Gibson, you know, this is his first real season as being a true full-time running back. So I really think that uh, another offseason after this, more help on the offensive line, I think that he's going to really surprise the folks. I think in year two and even down the stretch, you're going to see him get a lot more opportunities in the passing game because I saw a little more today. And I'm seeing Turner take off the reins a little bit, but I think he wants to focus more on the run game, and I get that. Uh, but I just want to see uh, them really let A.G. lose because what you see, once he gets going, man, he's hard to bring down. Yeah, I agree with you what you said with Cole Holcomb. Um, I know me and Brian have been critical of the other linebackers on the team, even Cole. Sometimes yeah, he just yeah. comes in, sometimes he doesn't. Um, I think we will see a uh, overhaul in the linebackers, uh, line, yeah. the core unit, um, come in the uh, off season. But one thing I just noticed on here was Schultz was completely irrelevant this game, yeah. which is usually how we die. Like we talked about with the short game, it's usually tight end frenzy uh, against yeah. our defense. So big kudos on that. One more guy on defense that needs to get a shout-out, Jeremy Reeves. Wasn't on the field much. But that one drive um, in the red zone when he was, two big plays, um, one stops. <laughs> He's going to be in CD, CD Lamb's nightmares tonight because the yeah, one play right. out by the sideline um, came in, made a huge tackle, and then in the end zone when CD tried to go back and make another miraculous catch, broke that up. Brian, how surprised are you by his few plays? Do you think this helps him You know, get some more playing time as a practice guy that's kind of been on the team for a little bit? Uh, out of Virginia Tech, do you think he finally steps up and sees the field more, or do you think he's going to kind of just float around still? I mean, he, to me, he's already made more of an impact than Troy Apke has. <laughs> I mean, we've seen him flash around more than Apke did in however many games he started. So, and, and Reeves actually got credit for a sack there. I guess they realized that Lamb was trying to throw it, that yeah, that was yep. a passing play the whole <sighs> way. So Reeves nice. gets a sack, which is awesome. And so, uh, yeah, I'd love to see more of him, and maybe they can, you know, at, at the very least patch it together until uh, DeShazer Everett can get back healthy. But, uh, you know, at least have another contributor there that can be a rotational guy, like you said, and when he comes in, uh, fly around and make some plays. That, that was a lot of fun to watch. And as you said, he's been around a, a couple of years now, and so to see him get his chance, and I think, I think, if I'm not mistaken, Ron Rivera might have mentioned him by name, saying he wanted yeah. to see more from yeah. him. Yeah, when Reed was mentioned. To... Yeah, yep. and so yep. that that's huge, and, and that's when a coach shows some confidence in you for you to go out there and back it up. That's a that's huge from a young guy, and that's got to be something that Ron Rivera is thinking about You know, after this game is that this guy has showed up, he flashed, made some plays, and uh, you know what? Let me give me, give that guy some more snaps. So I, I totally would love to see it as as a third force, you know, a third safety, whatever it is, whatever role he plays, he you know see him out there more. 
Yeah, if he replaces Apke, then I'm happy. Yeah. <laughs> I said Apke had that one tackle at the very end of the game. Like, Cowboys, that that's how you know the game is officially over. Troy Apke wrapped you up. That's all-time low. I know you're, you're we're in your home stadium, but get in the bus, go home, go eat, because it's over after that. Looking at the Washington offense, one really weird stat that J.P. Finley pulled out um, that's mind-blowing, honestly, in my opinion. Today, Alex Smith was 19 for 26, <laughs> only 149 passing yards, one touchdown, one interception, got sacked three times. But this is crazy. Since 2015, Alex Smith is 10-0 and when he throws for under 200 yards but completes at least 65% of his passes. How is that even possible? Like, that's the, that's would, the game manager, like, holy grail stat. Get, you know what I want to see? I want to see with those games what the rushing total is because I, I would bet that the rushing total is pushing yeah. 150 in those games. Oh, yeah. Because just like we had, what, uh, 182 total in this game, 182 yards rushing. So I would bet – that all of those games have at least anywhere between 125 to 150 because that's what he needs, and that's what I said earlier. He's a game manager, but I really i am happy with the way he's managing it, but it's only going to work as long as the run game is working. It's, it's, it's true. It, it's a fact. I'm sure if you pull those, you'll find that. But in saying that, um, you take away that, you know, that silly play he made, and if he just doesn't take the sack, you know, we go home with that. But Russell Wilson, I think right now he was last week the most sacked quarterback in the NFL for a reason because he either has a play or he go, or he takes the sack. And I think that's what good veteran quarterbacks do. I think Alex Smith is going to start to do that more often when he goes back and looks at the tape. But I think there's a lot to build off of, of uh, you know, the combination of, of the run pass. But still, to me, 26 attempts, as crazy it is, <laughs> I still think that that's probably too much for Alex Smith. But We'll mm-hmm. see. Uh, you know, Antonio Gibson, he got going. So I think we just got to keep this running gap going. Uh, McKissick only had one carry. I don't like that. I, I really want to see that change because yeah. I think he's really an underrated back on this team, and they really are a better team when you know he's rushing over 50 yards a game. Yeah, we'll talk about the run game because Peyton Barber, we roast him all the time, ask what his role is and why he even has a role. I will say this was his best game as a Washington yeah. football player. Yeah. Came out. Let's take a look at the numbers. 11 carries, 57 yards, average 5.2. I want to say his average usually is like in the two range. Like it's yeah, bad. It's one of the bottom of the barrel averages. Yeah. 11 carries. So he took away some carries from McKissick. Brian, are you happy with it because of the results? Or are you like Adam, kind of disappointed, want McKissick to run the ball more? Uh, you know, I, I think it just kind of worked out that way. And, and I think just Peyton Barber is a kind of guy, at least at times when, when he's asked to do something, he just goes out there and does it. He needs a, a, you need a yard or two. He goes out there and gets you a yard or two. And so he was solid. And I, I feel like he just was the quote unquote hot hand. And so I'm fine with it. I think McKissick is more of a receiver anyway. It would be nice to get him involved, you know, as a running back. But I just think he's so valuable as a receiver that I'm not too, I'm not too upset about the fact that he might have had carries taken away or whatever. And at the end of the day, if you rush for 182 yards, it's hard to to, to be upset about much. And so to to nitpick a little bit, you know, maybe McKissick could have gotten a couple more carries. Um, but I just like the way that it was called, and I think Peyton Barber definitely, uh, uh, you know, proved his role. He's the short yardage guy. He's the change of pace. He's the the breather guy, and 
you know that that's that's good and he he uh he earned his keep today that's for sure yeah there was a couple of plays where i was like okay gibson and then he got up i was like oh that's barber like that was a 15 yard run by barber did that too it's the, the buck four, yeah the yeah. Two, and the th- yeah two four three four yeah no so he definitely impressed me like i said uh we've been very critical on him you know getting one yard a rush two yards a rush like that didn't have much impact so big step up in the average for sure by peyton barber but I think we can all agree, MVP of the game. We said the Gibson show showed up. 20 carries, 115 yards, 5.8 average, and three touchdowns. Got the hat trick. He did have 21 receiving yards to go with it. But he has 11 total rushing touchdowns on the season. He is now second in the NFL behind Dalvin Cook, who has 13. It's crazy. It's crazy that that's where he's at. It just proves... You know, the yards, you know, aren't always the, the biggest number, but he makes the most out of his carries, and he's doing it again. And I think, like Adam, you said, it's his fifth straight game with a touchdown. It's just unbelievable what he's doing. It's quiet. Like, it's it, in some way, somehow, 11 touchdowns is really quiet. I don't know how you guys feel. I know these last few weeks he's he's kind of come on the scene, but it just seems like he's quietly done this. Yeah. I, I don't know how you feel about that. Yeah, because it hasn't been, like, some 80-yard burst. It's just been, right. hey, we need a 20-yard touchdown run. Boom, he gets it. Like, He's not going to have like the Dalvin Cook, speaking of him, like an 80-yard. It hasn't right. happened yet. Me and Adam swear it's going to happen soon. We're waiting on it. He's capable of it. He's capable coming. of it. He, does, he doesn't have that vision and everything that Dalvin Cook has, obviously. like He's still getting right. into this role. He's getting better every week, and it's going it's going to happen. And he's going to start busting out runs like that, like Dalvin Cook. Um, but he actually broke Washington history today. Little did you know, he is the only rookie in Washington franchise history to have a rushing touchdown in five straight games. Wow. First ever. All the greats we've had, first ever, five straight. And he actually joins Elite Company with Nick Chubb, Todd Gurley, and Maurice Jones drew my favorite little bowling ball back in the day as the only NFL rookies since 2000 to have five straight rushing touchdowns. So not just in Washington history, but NFL history. He's he's the fourth one since 2000 to do so. It's impressive. It's a long time. <laughs> so going forward, Adam, if you had to predict final touchdown count for Gibson, how much are you giving him? I think you know they they have a few tough gum, games coming up with some you know some tough defenses they're going to face, but I think it's it's not out of the question to say, I think he can finish with, you know, 16, 17, which is a crazy number, but he, he's at 11 right now. I yeah, think five more games. Philadelphia, you know, Philadelphia would be another opportunity, but if we're talking about just rushing or total, because I think he, I still, I'm going to stick to it that he's going to have a game this year where he's going to get uh, pushing a hundred yards receiving. Cause I think that's when he's going to break that big one. Cause he's so big. Like unlike Dalvin cook, when Dalvin kicks him, Dalvin cook is in that hole. He's just gone. I think with AG, what you're seeing is he's just such a big guy. He's so fast, but once he gets through that hole, someone's clipping that leg, you know, something like that. But if he can get the ball in space like he did at Memphis, I think it's going to happen. So I think total yards, I don't think it's crazy to say that we could be talking about, you know, 18 touchdowns at the end of the year because I think they're going to start to rely on him more and more because as great as Terry McLaurin is, it's going to come a point that he's not going to eat. He's going to be shaken up something. He's playing with the hurt ankle, which is crazy two weeks in a row that they're going to need somebody that's really going to have to step up. And although he's a running back, I still look at him as a weapon. I think we're going to see, you know, this is his marquee game of his career. 
but we're we're still yet to see that big game, and I think it's going to happen at some point. Philadelphia, that seems like a good opportunity to me. Yep, and like I said, right now we're leading the NFC East. Brian, looking forward to the next five games. If you had to give a percentage that Washington is going to be playing some extra football, what are you giving it? What's the chances Washington wins the NFC East after getting this huge must win? I'm going to say that there's a good 40% chance, I think. Okay. I think that I think that their their remaining stretch is kind of tough, but that they have some some winnable games outside of the 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 Pittsburgh and the Seattle games. I think the rest of those are winnable games and then you know, you kind of look at the the Giants remaining schedule and I know that they've got some some tough games coming up. I I'm not a believer in the Eagles. I think Carson Wentz is falling apart. I don't know that he's, you know, who they thought he was there. I, I just don't know that he's going to hold up, you know, and I don't know that he's the answer for them. Um, I like Washington's chances. I really do. Um, we talked about this stretch for them, these four winnable games, you know, the, the giant game, the giant, or I'm sorry. Yeah. The, the second giant game, the Bengals, the lions, and the Cowboys, you know, what would they do? And they go two and two in those, and they're giving themselves a chance. And so four wins, it's sad, but it's leading the division. So I think their chances are really good. I think, honestly, uh, the the biggest threat to them are the Giants. Obviously, they beat them twice. They've got a pretty easy game against Cincinnati that I think that they should win, the, the Giants. Um, so I think it's just going to come down to the remaining schedules for them and who um, – you know, who can steal a game here or there? Can Washington, I really don't think they can steal a game from the Steelers. I don't think they can steal a game from Seattle. But can they Can they win a game that they're not expected to win over these, these last few and, and make something happen? So I, I, But, again, I really like their chances. It just, you know, can they steal a game is what it comes down to. Yeah, I mean the 49ers four and six right now. Panthers sitting at four and seven, just like us. Two possibly winnable games. And to be honest with you, the way the Eagles look right now, I say we win that one after what I saw today. Yeah, and, and the I, I was trying to find the Giants. They got to play the Seahawks, the Cardinals, the Browns. They got to go to the Ravens. I, I mean, I think the Giants could be be knocked out of this. Those don't sound like very winnable games, similar to. To Washington and, and like I said I just I, I think the Eagles are about done yeah it looks like Wentz is on the uh, decline right now maybe Jalen Hurts will be quarterback by the time we get to that final game of the season honestly it wouldn't surprise me but like you said guys we're gonna soak up this victory much needed catapulting us towards the NFC East next game at Pittsburgh December 6th I'm sure we'll talk about that one before but before then, it's official, December 4th, Jordan Reed from the Draft Network will be coming on to talk Sweet. about Trey Lance and Zach Wilson, talk about some quarterbacks. Will Alex Smith be back next year? Will he be the mentor for one of these guys? We don't know, but stay tuned for that. Like we said, enjoy this victory pod. Hope y'all had a great Thanksgiving. Gentlemen, appreciate y'all coming on to talk about the victory did y'all have a good Thanksgiving? How was Disney World? You have to tell us. You went to Disney World, like <laughs> yeah. We didn't. Yeah, me and good. Adam didn't do anything. Like, what did? How did it go? Yeah, it was really good, and they they were doing everything safe, which was really really good, and so felt safe there. 
it was a lot of fun though it's you know my daughter's six months old so she's not even gonna remember it but it was fun to see her smiling and seeing all the bright lights and all that it was really cool and went with some other family members so it was a lot of fun i know we haven't we haven't talked really but i've been praying for your family sorry for your for your loss josh i wanted to say that on the on the pod i know there's no easy time to lose a family member but especially you know around the holidays so i've been thinking about you a lot man and uh appreciate you still coming on and uh doing this and i'm, I'm glad we're able to get a, a w uh not just for all the fans but for you and and uh, hopefully uh can brighten up your week a little bit man so i've been thinking about you uh the whole week as well no i appreciate that for sure and like me and adam talked about it's it's good in these crazy times to have something to look forward to in a game like this this is probably the most anticipated game i can remember in a while as a washington for fan. sure and then I told you afterwards, this was the most exciting Washington game I've watched in a while. So, yeah. go ahead. Well, I've seen I've seen it already that every Thanksgiving, whether or not Washington's playing, that people throw out the clips from the RG three game, the the twenty twelve game. I mean, we got to start throwing this one in the mix this too. Yep. I, I mean, throw both of these out there every Thanksgiving. I want that to be a tradition that we're we're watching these and beating down on Dallas on Thanksgiving. Make that a new family tradition because I'm I'm in. I'm calling it the videos from this game is going to be in the Smithsonian tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> the 2020 Thanksgiving game. Antonio Gibson, MVP. Guys, had a good time talking. We'll be back next week. Like I said, look for the draft, uh, drafting Burgundy episode with Jordan Reed. Too excited about that. And then the, ab- the episode right after that, Matt Miller, who was formerly with Bleacher Report, doing his own thing now with his podcast. Huge name. If you do any of the, the mock drafts, anything, you know Matt Miller. You've seen his mock drafts. He's going to come on talk quarterbacks. I think we'll do Mac Jones and Kyle Trask break down the SEC quarterbacks. There's a little rivalry there, I'll tell you. As an Alabama fan, there's a little rivalry with Kyle Trask and Mac Jones, especially in the fan bases. So looking forward to that. Got a lot of content for y'all, but soak this one up. Glad we got this long stretch to tell the Steelers because we can soak this one up as long as possible until we possibly get whooped by the Steelers. But like I said, (laughs) y'all have a good week, and we will see y'all next week. Happy Thanksgiving, guys. Absolutely. See y'all later. For listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube. You know, when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.